Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Welcome to Talking Beasts from NarniaWeb.com, where we explore the world of C.S. Lewis and keep a watchful eye on the latest Narnia movie news. This is Talking Beasts. Welcome to the Barbie podcast. Welcome to Talking Barbies. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but for real, welcome to another summer episode of Talking Beasts. I'm Glum Puddle. And I'm Jim Fan. And I'm dying to hear what you thought of Barbie, Jim Fan. Thanks for wearing pink. It's, it looks oh. like pink to me anyway. Sure. We'll, t- we'll, we'll go with it. Thanks for being on brand. Yeah. Was there a lot of uh, kind of fanfare and excitement at your showing? I have not seen a theater that packed and crowded and on theme since probably the last Star Wars film came out. I um, felt... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, like, the, we couldn't find parking. All the showings were sold out. We barely got... We had to buy tickets in advance. I haven't had to do that in years. Um, and just crowds of people in pink. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I it, you definitely had a, a more hectic experience than I did. But I did just have a, a, a the feeling of excitement, anticipation. And yeah, there were some people wearing pink. There were a few leg- actual costumes. And yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. Certainly not in the pandemic era. Oh, yeah. And that totally tracks with how the movie performed. It did $155 million opening weekend, which is way ahead of expectations. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday. And so is tomorrow. And every day from now until forever. <laughs> Do you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower falling off my roof Ah! And my heels are on the ground Why should Narnie Webbers care about Barbie? Uh, well, for better or worse, its success could have and is likely to have an impact on future Narnia adaptations. Uh, writer-director Greta Gerwig is developing two Narnia movies for Netflix, and she recently told the Inside Total Film podcast that she is kind of terrified about it. Let, let's let's roll that clip really quick. Speaking of making worlds, you're going into Narnia. Oh my gosh, yes. What, what can you tell us about that, and is it going to be as you know, wondrous as this? I haven't even really started wrapping my arms around it, but um, I'm properly scared of it, which feels like a good place to start. Um, I think when I'm scared, it's always a good sign. Maybe when it, when I stop being scared, it'll be like, maybe I shouldn't do that one. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm terrified of it. I want to do sort of big things and small things and everywhere in between. And um, doing having another big canvas is exciting and also daunting. You could do Bond. They've got an opening. Oh my God! No, is it? But we're gonna just stick with some lions, some dolls for the moment. Gerwig says she's scared, and she should be. The talking beasts are coming for you, Greta. Because we can be mean. No, I'm just kidding. We are nice. We're keeping a watchful eye on the latest <laughs> Narnia movie news. Rah! Just ask Andrew Adamson. Rah! Um, but in all seriousness, Greta, uh, w- w- if you're listening, we are. We wish you the best. Good luck. W- welcome to Narnia. Uh, where was I? Um, yes, a huge <laughs> weekend for movies. Barbie completely obliterating box office expectations, and I think it kind of 
cements Greta Gerwig as not just an Oscar indie darling, but one of the hottest directors in Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. because of that, it's likely that Narnia, which may or may not be her next project, it could be something else will be in the interim, like Barbie 2, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. Who Um, knows? But at some point, uh, supposedly, we're going to get a Greta Gerwig Narnia, and she'll, because of... If it sees the light of day, at this point, I do feel more like, oh, this is actually happening. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And certainly the success of Barbie makes it more likely, a lot more likely, that I think we're going to see a Greta Gerwig Narnia. And it's much more likely it will have a bigger budget. And much more likely that Greta Gerwig will have a lot of creative control. Um, will she use those powers for good or for evil to be continued? Who can, um, who can say? <laughs> but uh, but one thing, and you kind of alluded alluded to this. Um, this one thing I've been reflecting on after twelve and a half years of following the quote unquote progress of the next Narnia movie adaptation. Uh, David McGee, Joe Johnston, on, off, Netflix, Matthew Aldrich, on, off, where are we? It's been a, it's been quite a trickle. Um, but it's shocking how fast things have changed in the past well, weeks, months, whatever it is. But like I know a year ago at this time, it was just felt like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence or interest in Narnia in movie studios. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can like play back any clips of anything we recorded talking about adaptations last year, and I was like, "Yeah, no, not happening anytime soon." But but now here we are, and I I I was like, "Hey, I don't know if this is going to happen," and even if it does, it just feels like they're just trying to fast track. Uh, the perception I had of the project from Netflix is that they're just trying to fast track a Rings of Power as Game of Thrones thing, and oh, it's Narnia. Here you go, flavor of the week. Get a hired gun to make sure it's in focus. <laughs> move on i just didn't have a sense of there being any passion behind the project um so not a lot of reason to be excited and now it's like flash forward to where we are now in narnia because of greta gerwig mainly it's going to be a headline movie like it's something that people general audiences are going to be paying attention to and saying oh you just did this huge movie what are you going to do next and i think it's exciting how a whole new audience that otherwise would not have given Narnia a second thought is going to be really paying attention to this as a work as a work of art and thinking about it and considering it. Um, yeah, in in best practice, like obviously there is a lot to go between now and there, and so many different ways it could not be great or not have the buzzes that we think. But I I agree that there's definitely so much more potential in it being more mainstream yeah and just but, but, I, but in, I, in the mainstream consciousness yes but not but just and just taken seriously as i, I mean even among like like and maybe i'm talking chiefly among like the cinephiles and the film festival crowd you know but who otherwise would not have given arnie a second thought are gonna real oh it's Greta Gerwig's next movie and are really going to watch it and take it seriously and consider it as a work of art. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie. That's all that matters ultimately. But I do <laughs> At think the end of the day. Yeah. I do think that's really exciting and it's an exciting opportunity. And again, will she use that power for good or for evil? You know, but I mean, I, I have my concerns about Greta Gerwig as a director. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm just the fact that we're going to have a real auteur and our, the world is really going to be watching and paying attention to this. And it's going to be a big budget thing. It's wow. It's just completely 180 from where <laughs> we were not that long ago. And so after 12 yeah, and a half agreed. years, n- never would have predicted we'd be here. Okay. All that said, is Barbie actually any good? Um, <laughs> I asked you if you wanted to do the synopsis and you were kind of like, 
uh, that kind of freaked you out. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, how do you, how do you sum up this movie in a short, snappy paragraph? I don't really know. Well, I, can, I don't know about a paragraph, but I can give it a shot. Um, okay, do it. Um, so, I mean, the first thing you should know about this is it's not the Barbie movie. If you just go, oh, they're making Barbie into a movie, you know, if uh, they're going to take the toy and the Barbie mythos and those, you know, those DVDs. The I've Adventures seen. of Barbie. Yeah, it, it's it's not has nothing to do with the DVDs you've seen in the five dollar bin at Walmart. Uh, nothing <laughs> to do with that Barbie. Um, I mean, if, if you go in expecting that, boy, are you in for a surprise. Um, <laughs> right. Basically, the movie starts off. In, well, it really starts off in uh, the dawn of time, the dawn of the first little girls playing with dolls in a parody of my favorite movie, 2001 A Space Odyssey, that was unfortunately totally given away in the trailer, which I'm really annoyed about. I, I can't imagine how nuts I would have gone if I hadn't known that was coming. Um, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> but there's, so there's a little prologue uh, establishing Barbie land as where the Barbies and the Kens live. And it's this perfect, idealistic uh, Barbie world where a lot of primary colors. It's kind of overstimulating. And there's many, many Barbies. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi Barbie. 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 You know, Pulitzer Prize Barbie and astronaut Barbie. And there's all these different Barbies there. If it has existed as a Barbie toy, it's in this universe as a like a, a person. And everything is perfect for Barbie. And she has this perfect life. And then there's poor Ken, who no one pays attention to Ken because Ken is just an accessory. Um, all that changes one day. As Barbie's perfect life, she wakes up and is not so perfect. Uh, a lot of weird things start happening, inexplicable things, including her iconic permanently in the high heel position feet are flat on the ground there's a lot of weird things happening and i'll just without giving away too much uh she and ken determine they have to go to the real world to fix what's going on and so we have these ridiculous uh barbie and ken kind of cartoonish characters in the real world Wow, this is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. <laughs> Ken is excited about what he finds in our world compared to Barbie Land, and Barbie is not. And that's I'll, I'll kind of stop there, but that's pretty much the movie. Uh, tonally, I think... The movie, the movie this reminds me the most of is The Emperor's New Groove. Um, with, okay. With the the fourth wall breaking, the the sense of self awareness and kind of self parody, and also and totally embracing the kind of child logic of things. And by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. You know, there's there's a few, there's a few moments in the movie like that where they just kind of look at the camera and go, you know what, just go with it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> almost literally look at the camera. Um. And basically, I'd say if this movie completely baffles you or if maybe even the trailer is just look at this and you're like, what am I looking at right now? I think it's helpful to imagine little girl hands holding the characters and making them bounce around and talk. 
Um, yeah, pretty much. That, that's kind of the central joke of the movie is how incredibly simplified everything is, and yet all the actors are playing it totally straight. And it is like someone took a recording of little girls playing with Barbie dolls and faithfully translated it into a $100 million movie. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beat you off. Anyone who wants to beat him off has to beat me off first. I will beat both of you off at the same time. But you don't even know how to beat yourself off. How are you going to beat oh, both of us off? It doesn't make sense. Why are you going to beat both of us off? Nobody's going to beat anyone off. To sum up here, I really want to get to the review, but look, obviously there's some heavy in-your-face social commentary all throughout the movie. You, you cannot avoid it. Um, Barbie and Kim coming to the real world and their reactions to certain things. It's right at the center of the plot. And many people are criticizing the movie for its complete lack of subtlety, which I totally understand. For me personally, I was often laughing at how challenging, difficult issues that are a source of so much passionate cultural debate were painted in very broad, exaggerated strokes, kind like a kind of like a kid playing with Barbie dolls might talk <laughs> about them if if that's how they were acting it out. And but overall thoughts, Jim Fan, your reaction to the Barbie, well, just Barbie, your reaction to Barbie, my reaction to Barbie, and this is just completely independent from its connection to Narnia, correct? Yes. Or should uh, I? I, I, just yeah at, at the end at the end i do want to talk about like how does this change your expectations or perception of netflix's narnia but let's just start off with as a moviegoer what did you think about greta gerwig's barbie i really enjoyed myself um i think the way you summed it up where yes it is there is not a lot of subtlety so if you're not jiving with the overall story you are probably not going to find much to enjoy because it's very much there and very much in your face um but i i don't know i felt like it was tasteful in the way that it was tackling things that are like the social commentary which is very prevalent you know these are very heavy subjects these are very divisive subjects but i felt like it was it addressed them without it being i don't know i felt like it was tasteful and there was a lot that i appreciated about it um some parts i'm like is eh, you know you don't have to quite spoon feed it to me i think i i can i can figure it out for myself thank you very much um but at the end of the day I mean, I was laughing and I was thinking and I left the theater thinking and um, am still thinking about it. So I, yeah, as a film, I, I just think there's a lot, it was different than I think what a lot of people were expecting it to be and what they wanted it to be. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. Like I said, if you go in expecting, oh, it's the Barbie movie, you are... Yes, it's it's you're 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 it's not going to be at all what you're expecting, and you may like that or you may not. Right. Let me get to my overall thoughts, but quick note on the subtlety. I do think there is. Um, I agree with you that sometimes it worked for me, and sometimes it didn't. And I th I do think there's a layer of subtlety that a lot of people are missing, where the movie is kind of making fun of itself a little bit. 
Mm, yeah, um, no, definitely. It's so oversimplified, and it, it doesn't mean there isn't an essential uh, truth or idea they're trying to actually push or convey, but I think they push it so hard <laughs> and so and you're over the top that there's a little bit of making fun of themselves a little bit. And again, there's that child play kind of simplified problems and simple solutions issues that are more nuanced. And again, you got to imagine the little girl hands, but um, an example I've come up with is that seems to work. Um, imagine if I made a movie directed by Glumpuddle where Harper Collins is these mustache twirling villains and the switch to chronological order for the Narnia books results in the entire world being destroyed. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I really do believe that chronological order is the wrong way to read Narnia and it's bad, but I would also be exaggerating that for comedic effect. Um, right. And so it's like, it's not that I, it's not that I don't really kind of believe what I'm saying, but I'm exaggerating it and kind of making fun of myself a little bit at the same time, which makes it more um, for me, more bearable when someone is pushing a point of view or a message or whatever so hard, but also kind of making fun of themselves. And there's a little self-parody in there at the same time. It, it makes it more bearable to listen to that for two hours. Um, so I, I can understand if you miss that, yeah, this would be unbearable. If you kind of miss that layer of, oh, they're kind of making fun of themselves, I see where this would be unbearable. Now, that's probably not your fault. I blame it on the movie because I think the movie's probably not quite funny enough. <laughs> if you're laughing, then you're going, that's where you really understand, oh, they're kind of making fun of themselves. Um, but I think if the movie, if people were laughing at the movie more, that would be more clear. Because they're not, they're engaging with the movie intellectually more, and therefore the laughs aren't really landing, and they're kind of missing that upper layer of subtlety. So I'm not. if you didn't get that, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm not saying you don't have a sense of humor. I blame that largely on the movie for just not being quite funny enough. Hey, Barbie. Yeah. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Now, that said, overall thoughts. I did laugh several times. And I was generally entertained throughout. It, it's a thumbs up from me. And it's way better than what it kind of had a right to be when you hear they're making a Barbie movie. It's way, at least, <laughs> it's way more interesting than what yeah. you would expect. I was entertained throughout, left several times. And my wife and I had plenty to talk about afterwards. And we're still talking about it. Um, the cast is just basically perfect. Um, uh, Margot Robbie does a really good job of striking just the right tone with that character, just the right balance. Kind of reminded me of Christopher Reeve as Superman, I think, a little bit. Just that, mm. just that cheesy, but not too cheesy. Just that right balance. And Ryan Gosling is just a, a, a just a joy to watch. She was just super fun. Um, so there's a lot in the movie I really uh, did enjoy, but I also found the movie kind of draining. I guess I think there's just kind of this mean and nasty kind of eh, kind of feeling to it and some of that mm. is the social commentary i guess or it just feels it, it, i think the intention is for it to be oh we're exaggerating for comedic effect but it kind of came across to me it's just kind of mean and cynical a little bit and that was kind of wearing for for two hours and like the fourth wall breaking and all that stuff and the late the layers of meta it was sometimes i thought really really clever and it's sometimes kind of tiring so I'm, so I'm positive, like I, I admire the movie's ambition 
Mm. Um, I really do. As a story and balancing of tones and stuff, I think I admire the movie's ambition. Maybe my admiration of it outweighs how much I actually enjoyed it. But um, a little mixed, but definitely positive, and I respect it overall. I'd give it three and a half stars out of five. Uh, There's a lot of things I love and respect about it. I just don't think it all quite came together into a cohesive whole for me. Um, Are you a numbers person? I I give it three and a half stars. Would you give it a... Could you give it a rating? Um, if I had to give it a number, I would say like four. I mean, it's not a per- it's not a perfect film. I think, kind of to what you said, I don't, I didn't get the feeling that it was like that there was a draining aspect to it, and that could just be like my maybe perspective coming into the film. Well, first of all, I didn't know any of the the social commentary aspects of the film going into it. So when all of that started coming on, I was like, okay, I I see where you're going with this now. I guess I just kind of took the the satire part of it and appreciate the absurdity and not take it personal or feel like it was trying to hammer down like, this is good and this is bad. I didn't really get that impression at the end. I didn't feel attacked, except at the part when they were talking about. Editor's note here. I just want to warn you that Jim Fan is about to spoil one of the best jokes in the movie. If you don't want that joke spoiled, please skip ahead about 15 seconds. All right, you've been warned. Back to the discussion in three, two, one. I didn't feel attacked, except at the part when they were talking about Depression Barbie, watching the six-hour BBC Pride and Prejudice for the seventh time. <laughs> and all my friends and I screamed. We were like, um, excuse me, that is not funny. We were laughing because that was incredibly on point, not for being depressed, but just that is that is very much part of our life, yes. our, day to, our daily life. <laughs> so we were dying, and we're like, I don't think anyone else in the theater got it. They were like, why are, why are they freaking out? We're like, oh, okay, they... They're Gen, you know, Gen Zs, Gen Xers, whatever they are. Yes. Uh, what you were saying about, um, again, you 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 enjoyed the absurdity of it and uh, just the wackiness of it. I think that where um, the movie needs more of that. I think the movie isn't weird enough or crazy enough, which is, sounds might sound nuts to say, but um, I think it's. The people that are, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are taking the social commentary very like, well, you're saying that, you know, the Barbies are good and the Kens are bad. And that just seems so on the nose what you're trying to say. And and I think you're kind of going, look, the whole thing is absurd. And I think if the movie had more weirdness in it, I mean, literally there's a character called Weird Barbie in this bizarre world. There's a character called Weird Barbie. And it's like, okay, she's got a weird haircut. And that's kind of the extent of her weirdness. Hello? Hmm? Humans. We're fine. And Ellen. Mm. Come into my weird house. Hi. I'm Weird Barbie. I am in the splits. I have a funky haircut and I smell like basement. Oh my God, I had a weird Barbie. Yeah, you did. You make them weird by playing too hard. It's cool. So I think it needs more weirdness, but I also think it's lacking an emotional center like Emperor's New Groove is a comparison I went with before Emperor's New Groove it's it's a farce but it also has Pacha and his relationship with uh the emperor 
and uh, Cusco, that's who it is. Um, and that's there's moments of realness um, there where there's real emotional stakes. And I don't think there's ever real emotional stakes in Barbie, except maybe at the very end they go for it. Then yeah, I think I would it's, say it's li- the very end. But then I think it's little too late at the very end there. Like there's a moment where she's running away from the bad guys who I didn't love that part of the movie. Will Ferrell and the Mattel corporate, you know, board and all yeah. that. I didn't know that. It's they very did. camp. A little bit would have been fine, but they just, I didn't get why they kept coming back in the movie, but she's running away from them. And that was an opportunity to have like, Oh no, they're going to get me. And instead they just completely, you know, play it for laughs. Um, I'm coming across as very negative, but that's kind of what's happened. Like, I, I really do. I'd like the movie. I respect it a lot. But for some reason, it's the negative stuff that tends to come out more when I talk about it. Well, I mean, people talk about us and we talk about Narnia sometimes. They're like, why are you always complaining about the things you don't like? It's like, because we care. So we talk about the things that we liked and the things that we don't like. And sometimes it's easy to talk about the things you don't like because it's like forefront of your mind. I don't think it means you don't overall like the product or the material it's just that's you want to talk about it Uh uh-huh one more note on you talked about again the the kind of uh you were talking about the divisive subjects and um and the way they handled it which you felt was tasteful um and i think for me um it was I did st- I did find it to be a again sort of draining how in your face and loud it was about you know you know these issues that a lot of people have a lot of passionate opinions about but I also found it kind of cathartic like in a in a culture where the moment anything political comes up like you really got to walk on, on eggshells around people and right. it's like you know just like just my uh, my parents are in town right now they're upstairs right now and um I should probably go hang out with them instead of recording a Barbie podcast, shouldn't I? But, <laughs> um, but I was on a walk with my dad the other day, and he started talking about like something really serious and political. We were on a walk around my neighborhood. I kind of went, shh, like, you know, careful. We're, he's talking kind of loudly. We're walking past houses here, and anybody could just hear what we're saying. And in that kind of culture where it's uh, it's like scary to talk about politics or religion, going to this movie, and it's just, <laughs> you know, and it's like really loud and like it's 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 like here it is and like so obnoxious was there was something kind of cathartic and refreshing about that. Um and um Yeah, no, I'm very much like this is maybe going on slightly of a side tangent, but the way that we as like a society and a culture break down in our ability to actually have like human connection is our dividing things in such stark lines and being like you're either with me or you're against me and there's no room for discourse there's no room for hey this is my neighbor I don't agree with their choices on this thing but like they're a human so like I'm gonna respect you know like there's 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 very little of that my friend Jim fan read the series in chronological order and you know yep and we just can't hang out with her anymore exactly heavens no we gotta draw a line somewhere right but so the way that we like as a society and a culture move forward is when we take these things these quote-unquote taboo subjects and we we turn them into just opportunity for discussion and we do it with respect and we respect the person sitting next to us whether they maybe feel like they 
really agree with the message that the film is portraying or they really don't agree or they're somewhere in the middle or whatever. It's like, but let we can still have a conversation about it. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. You can hear my thoughts. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to think less of you as a person or as a, I'm not going to respect you less as a human being just because we have different opinions. So it's like using satire and using comedy and using art as a way to, I don't know, facilitate discussions about certain topics. And I'm really okay with that. Yeah. I, I think where I think that was the, it, I believe that was Gerwig's intention with this is that you could, it, it is all such a farce and it's so absurd and crazy and over the top. But if you want to say, yeah, but, but someone might say, oh, well that thing there, as crazy as it looks, you know what? There's some truth revealed there. And someone might say, no, no, no. That's just the part of the absurdity, you know? And there might be disagreement on what things are. Oh, that's pretty close to real life, actually. And someone might say, no, no, no. That's just crazy. So there's room for interpretation and discussion there. I think that was the intention. Um, I think that because that layer of subtlety I talked about, or that layer of satire I talked about, where the movie is kind of making fun of itself... Um, that a lot of, that went over a lot of people's heads, uh, and again, I largely blame the film for that. It just wasn't quite funny enough, and what as absurd as it is, wasn't quite absurd enough. Um, I think a lot of people are taking it as a very one-sided uh, affair instead of a a balanced. You know, hey, we're just gonna kind of make fun of these things and talk about them, but you guys talk at home about what's right and what's wrong, and let's just uh, start a dialogue. Um, I think so. I think Gerwig's in, intended to do. Uh, what um, kind of what you're outlining there, and that's uh, I think I applaud those intentions. I just unfortunately, just because the movie wasn't quite funny enough, I think it did, in my opinion, it didn't quite get there. Um, but appreciate the intention, appreciate the ambition. Um, and uh, I would also say again, obviously, what you said or about hey, we gotta have we gotta rub shoulders with people that disagree with us, and um, opportunities for discourse and really listening. Uh, I mean, I think we're all going to agree with those general principles. Um, it's just there's disagreement on, but what are the things where it's like, no, that is a hard line, and what are the things that, hey, maybe we got to compromise on? And I also think that, and this, and I'm part of everyone, by the way. This is this is I'm in, I'm included in this. It's so easy to fall into your bubble, your echo chamber, and just hang out with people that agree with you, and the only thing that you really Again, I'm when I say you, it's a general you that I'm included in. The only thing that you really know about someone who disagrees with you is what like your choice of media has told you they believe. Or well, I I read on this blog that these people believe this. And it's very different uh reading like you know, getting some summary of what someone said someone believes versus actually hearing it directly from them. And and not just one time, not just in like a hey, we're gonna have this debate but like having a relationship with that person uh that's that's and actually getting a sense of here's what these per actu person's actual concerns are and why and how how it informs who they are or where, where mm -hmm. here, here's where this is coming from from their life experience um but right now there's a lot of throwing rocks from opposite sides of a deep chasm right now um just so much distance and it's so easy to just to not engage and to just go to your echo chamber and technology is making it easier 
easier and easier to do that. And that's why I, I have conversations with, I encourage myself to have conversations, uh, conversations with you, Jim fan. Like even though you're wrong <laughs> about so many things, you uh, know, we can still be podcasting is. co-hosts. Um, <laughs> See, if we can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about, I mean, I, I want to get to kind of what does this mean for Narnia, but is there anything else about Barbie uh, that we should no, talk about? I think about? we summed it up. Circling back through the wardrobe, uh, out of Barbie land, out of what is it? They have to do the rollerblades and then the snow thing and then the skis. And I, can't, I forget what order they do things in. We're leaving Barbie land and back through the wardrobe. How does this change how we feel about what may be her next project? Um, and that's two Narnia movies. Jim Fan go, now going into the next phase of in, anticipating these Narnia adaptations. Been waiting 12 and a half years now. For the next Narnia movie, uh, how does uh, seeing Barbie, does that have any impact on your expectations for uh, Greta Gerwig's Narnia movies? For me personally, not necessarily. I think I already had enough of a good uh, feeling about her abilities as a director from prior films of hers that I've seen and really enjoyed to know that. I as just from a pure directorial standpoint, I feel like any Narnia film would be in like very capable hands. Um and I've always been of the opinion that the success of any adaptation is not just up to the director. It really depends on the team that they put around them like do you have other writers who is your producer who are the people in charge who are telling you what you can and cannot do and i put also the like c.s lewis estate in there as well like what involvement do they have you know like that all has a very big impact that is too soon to be it's too soon to say so as far as that i don't really i i can't really say if i think that Narnia specifically is going to be more or less likely to be a good adaptation by her. I know that a lot you of got pink nail polish too, by the way. I just noticed. Oh, oh, this was totally intentional. May- okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was not by accident. Uh, meanwhile, I'm wearing a black Sweeney Todd shirt. Yeah, so you got I, I, you got more Oppenheimer. Yeah, I'm a little bit off brand here. Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, no, I was just I, like for me personally, I don't really think my feelings have changed. Um, I do think that for a lot of other people, their feelings have changed, but I can't really speak for them. Yes, and if you haven't expressed that, please post a comment below. Uh, my feelings on these uh, future Narnia adaptations after the whiplash of the past 12 and a half years of, I mean, it's hard, hard to remember, but coming out of Don Shredder, we thought it was going to be Magician's Nephew next for a couple of years. And then it was Silver Chair and Joe Johnston and David McGee. And then it was not, and it was Netflix. And then it was Matthew Aldrich. Um, so after seeing Barbie, I still say, well, she's an interesting filmmaker and she's an auteur. I don't know if she's right for Narnia, but I think it is exciting having someone with a distinct style and unique voice, and clearly she's talented. Uh, as far as Narnia, my my only the only kind of concern, the only thing this has kind of changed for me, or I think it's added a concern for me overall. Um, I hope she doesn't try to make Narnia that she doesn't think of it as like a Barbie follow up in terms of well, I just made this awesomely successful movie. And everyone's going to be saying, what are you doing next? Like, I got to make something that lives up to those expectations. 
You know, mm-hmm. I think that would just mentally, creatively not be a good place to start. And I hope it's not like, right. well, just like the way Barbie kind of, that just blew people's minds and a lot of people were not expecting that. I hope she's not like, well, now I got to do that with Narnia. Subverting expectations. <laughs> but it's just, I hope she doesn't become a victim of her own expectations that she's created. Um, I hope it's not, wow, Barbie made this huge cultural splash and now Narnia has to do the same thing. Like, you should always start with what's a good story. And I, and I, oh, I should have looked up the exact quote, but C.S. Lewis said, uh, I forget the exact quote, but he basically said something like to the effect of, if you try to be original you probably won't be but if you just try to tell that if you just try to tell the truth you'll probably end up being original by accident um so i hope rather than her thinking about oh boy there's a lot of expectations i have to live up to people were like kind of blown away by like like whether you liked it or everyone was blown away by it whether they liked it or not they were blown away by it you know even (laughs) even the people that hated it were blown away by it and she's like, I better do something that strikes that same chord. I, ho- I hope she doesn't do that. And in, in, in a way, it's the same um, struggle or the same, yeah, the same challenge you've seen a lot of filmmakers face when they start out. They make some interesting films on a lower budget, and then they get a, they get a bigger budget where there's maybe having it's more challenging when you have even if you're technically have a lot of creative control there's still a lot of pressure to hey you're gambling with our money it it takes mm-hmm. a lot there's more there's a lot more expectation oversight it, and it, it, it even it's one of those things where technically speaking you've got creative control it's just still there's a lot of pressure it's one thing when you're making you know uh you know a $10,000 movie and to gamble on yourself and say I think this is the best thing to do but when you're gambling with millions of dollars and you know how much is on the line it takes a lot of bravery and confidence to st- it's stick so to your much guns easier to make the safer choices uh-huh um but I think the pressure gets even bigger um with with Narnia just cuz I think there's more um I mean, maybe it's because I'm in that bubble, but I just feel like there's more like people that love. I, I, I like you kind of said. I don't know how many people there are that love Barbie, and you better not ruin Barbie. And <laughs> right. I, so I think with Narnia, there's there's that um, there's that pressure there. Um, so we'll see how she handles that. So she's at, she's at such an interesting point in her career, but uh, yeah, Greta, please just tell a good story. Don't worry about all the other stuff. And that, easy for me to say, sitting here, yeah. my, <laughs> sitting here in my basement on this with this microphone. Um, but uh, yeah, Greta, we are rooting for you. Uh, you have a really difficult job. I don't trying to bring these stories to life. I don't envy you. Uh, it's critical as we're undoubtedly going to be of you the next, you know, several years. How long it's going to be? Uh, we we are rooting for you, and good luck. <laughs> We want you to succeed because it's in everyone's benefit. Because if you succeed, we succeed. Exactly. Okay, listeners, have you seen Barbie? If so, what did you think? And does it have any effect on your expectations for upcoming Narnie films? Please post a comment below. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Beast, the Narnia podcast. Visit NarniaWeb.com to join our community and stay up to date on the latest Narnia news. Please post a comment or question below or in the Talking Beast Facebook group. Special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our Knights of Narnia Web. Until next time, further up and further in. Mm-hmm.